Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm Kimber Lovett Minkiti. I'm Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Tiffany Fikes. And we are so excited to have you back on our second series about how to use your brain to really combat stress. Last week, we learned a lot about the the major parts of the brain. You definitely want to go back and listen to that if you've not heard it yet. Um, I will give you a quick overview, though, with a little hand model that we did. So you look at your hand and lay lay it out in front of you. Your wrist is your brain stem. You tuck your thumb into your palm. That's your amygdala or the limbic system that keeps you out of harm. And then you lay your fingers across your thumb into a nice little fist. And this is your prefrontal cortex that makes up your entire brain. And so we talked about the fact that when you flip your lid, your prefrontal cortex is coming offline. And we talked about the science and what all that looks like. Um, But we realized that when that prefrontal cortex comes off, your body's coursing with adrenaline. You feel like you're under threat all the time. And so you can't live like that all day long. Um, And so what we're going to talk about today is some really practical ways that we've learned or that science has proven for us to bring our prefrontal cortex back into alignment, really be integrated and be responding not like a 15-year-old or like a caveman, but like (laughs) the wonderful, amazing business people that we are. So that's right. That is what we are going to do. We want to give you some things so that you, it can become second nature for how, when stress comes and my brain responds like this, what am I going to do? That's right. So last week we gave you all the awareness. You're like, okay, now I recognize that I tense up. I hold my breath. Like all the things that your body does when when your brain is saying you're not safe, right? The lid is flipped. And ultimately what we want to do now is sort of take you to the next step. We have a three-step plan. So when you feel like the threat is there and and our family therapist often says like, who's driving the bus right now? Like the 12-year-old, mm-hmm. that 15-year-old right now is driving the bus and that's never a good idea, right? So how do we get everything <laughs> back into alignment? So breathe, ground, and respond. So we're going to walk you through these three steps to be able to get back into control. So number one is breathing. And you may think, well, I breathe all the time. Um, I have but to if you breathe. Listen to That's last how week, I stay alive, Tiffany. Hello. You're exactly right. That's how I stay but alive. But I kind of stopped breathing. And I had always heard like breathing. Like, I don't know. I mean, ladies, when you were upset, even as a child, before they knew all this brain stuff, your parents are like, breathe. I say breathe. it uh, probably yes. five times a day. Yes. Breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so... I always thought it was because your brain needs oxygen. Like oxygen is, is what like makes you think. Ladies, it's something else. Isn't that fascinating? I know. I'm sure oxygen is good for your brain. But when you do something called belly breathing, so do y'all know what belly breathing is? See, y'all just did it. I'm an excellent belly breather. <laughs> yes. So when you belly breathe, your belly distends, like gets bigger. And what happens physiologically is like it physically calms your body because when you breathe your belly into your lungs, it hits your stomach, which hits your spine, which pushed pressure on the vagus nerve, which your vagus nerve is the longest nerve in your body. It goes uh, down your spine and all the way up into your brain. And so by physically moving all the stuff in our bodies to hit this nerve, it connects to your brain and turns on the relaxation systems in your body. So it like blew my mind when I learned this. I mean, I, I, 
I'm such a nerd. I love, I, didn't I love know learning stuff like this. I just thought None it was it. because I could get, I could be a better soprano if I yeah. used my belly breathing. I had no, no idea creating all of these pressure. other things. And even more, how you breathe, there's been studies that show like, the science is out that how you breathe, it's not just breathing, it's not just belly breathing, but when you uh, take longer to exhale than inhale, it signals to your nervous system that you're safe. So you breathe into your belly for three and out for four. So um, I had, it's funny, I like had learned this and uh, last week, some of, some of you know, I had my appendix out unexpectedly. And um, because I had learned about these triggers and like how to calm myself when I was like in that really intense pain, I was like, this is not an actual emergency. I can breathe and like calm my brain down. And so I did this uh, vagal nerve activation breathing where I was like three in, four out. And after doing that for like five minutes and getting no relief, I was like... <laughs> Maybe this is an actual emergency. Maybe because I, I am not getting any calmer right now. Wow. Um, yeah, but here, let's do it. I mean, when I said breathing, you both did it. Yeah. So let's all yeah, let's, let's do all it. do okay. the three in, four out. So I'm going to count. So it's going to be really hard for me to breathe. But okay, so in for three. One, two, three. Out for four. One, two, three, four. How do you feel? My eyebrows are not as lifted. Like I actually oh. do feel calmer. Yeah. So you do that two or three, like four times yeah. and it and it signals mm-hmm. to your brain. It's the way you can use your body to tell your brain that you're safe. Because if you were in true danger, there's no way that you would be exhaling longer than you're inhaling. And so your brain knows that you're safe, which closes your lid, gets that prefrontal cortex, back engaged. So number one, when you are triggered, breathe. And I think as a leader, as a parent, you could totally do this in a meeting, right? Like you're in a meeting and things are getting really tense. The team's, something's going, just everyone's going to pause. We're going to do three deep breaths, right? Like together and count it out. You could do that with your kid. Like I've got a kid who goes deep into, he's got big feelings and they explode out sometimes like once a day. And this exercise of just like, hey, we're going to, I'm going to hold your hands and we're just going to breathe. And just like, right, it, it lets everything come down. Every, you need it too. So I love it. You can use it for yourself, but use it in your, use it for your world. I love that. See, y'all listening, are you so glad that we added Kimber and Tiffany? Can I just tell you, like, are you so happy right now? <laughs> I'm so happy right now. I'm loving learning this, but I'm also just so happy that we have you both on here because this is so valuable um, to all of our listeners and to me too. So thank you. I love it. Um, so number two, right? So we've talked about breathing, right? So you've breathed, you've been breathing and you've centered yourself. And the next thing you need to do is to ground yourself in the present, where we are today. And the best way for you to get your prefrontal cortex back engaged over your thumb is something that's called grounding. And it helps you come into the present moment and back into balance. Um, And it just really brings some serious awareness around how your body is feeling, which again, brings your limbic system back to calm. So what you're going to do is I want you to think about your five senses and we're going to run through them. So let's do it right now. And if you don't remember your five senses, it's okay. I'm about to tell you. So don't worry if you don't remember them. <laughs> okay. 
Um, I'm sure no one listening is stressed right now. No one's stressed right now. Everything's fine. You We're just all flipped fine. someone's lid. You I just know. flipped somebody's I lid. Know. They're like terrified. I didn't I'm going to forget that. a sense. <laughs> okay, no one's stressed, but let's just pretend maybe one of us is stressed. I don't know. It could, it's a, a very possible assumption that someone listening could be stressed right now. So what we're going to do is um, I want you in the grounding part of it, right? I want you to notice how your body feels right this second. So for each of you, how are you feeling right this second? How do you feel? We're going to do it together. How are you feeling? I can too. Yeah. What's interesting when you think about yoga, right? They tell you, put your feet on the ground. Like they gra- you say ground, yeah. right? Like yeah. put your like, feet I'm on like, oh. the ground. Like, like yeah. uncross my legs, put my feet on Mine, the ground. Yeah. I feel like a little knot right in between my rib cage right there. Okay. So mm-hmm. you feel how your body feels, right? Notice, notice that. Okay. So we're going to start with, I want you to open your eyes. If you're driving, make sure your eyes are open. And I want you to observe what you can see. So I want you to notice five things that you can see right now. What are five things you can see? I can see both of you. Uh huh. I, I can, can see, see a bright pink post-it note. Okay. I, can I have see a red notebook. Okay. That's nice. I can see our COVID dog, Tari. He's right here, of course, right by my side. What else can you see? I can see my water bottle and my AirPods case and a okay. picture of my friends. Ooh, I like that. I'm staring at my Her Best Life mug that has my delicious tea in it. Um, and my fig tree over here that I'm trying to keep alive. What else? Kimber, what else do you see? I've got a beautiful piece of art because I'm in Pittsburgh for an ice hockey mm-hmm. tournament. So <laughs> lovely <Lovely-y>. art. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're all noticing things that we can see. All right. Next, I want you to notice the four, four things you can touch. What can you touch right now? Touch my jeans. My desk. Yeah. Okay. My, my I'm pants. I'm touching my fingers yep. back and forth. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I can touch my desk. What else you could touch? Touching? My microphone, but that would be disruptive. Don't yes. do that. Don't do that to people's ears. <laughs> Ooh, I'm in a I can touch chair, my cutie so pie earrings. It. Oh yeah, oh, touching Quinn's yeah. earrings that she made her cutie pie earrings. Oh yeah, your chair. That's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I can touch my hair scrunchie. Okay. And to your point, Kimber, I just took my shoes off, and now mm-hmm. I can touch the floor. I can feel my the floor mm-hmm. with my with Physically. my actual feet. Okay, yeah. I love that. We're going to move to our next sense, which is I want to, I want you to notice three things you can hear. Do you notice we're counting down? Five, four, three. So what are three things you can hear? You can hear There's us. There's a car backing up down my street. Mm. I hear white noise from the air conditioner. I've got white noise too. I just heard Tari groan. I think he's <laughs> over it. Um, See, this is where your brain really has to engage in the present and it's, it takes you away from whatever the other stuff is because yeah. three sounds, sometimes three, depending on where uh, you are, The sounds are, is are a little trickier. Yeah, especially if it's in a quiet room, you really have to get in touch with that. Okay, and I can hear a bird. I got my three. Did you guys get your three? Okay. All right, here's two things you can smell. And if you have seasonal allergies, this will really be a fun challenge for you. What are two things you can smell? Oh, I like that. Like you don't want to know what I'm smelling. I was going to say, that. you're in a hockey room. I'm I not going to share the with a bunch of 14-year-old <laughs> boys, so it is not pleasant. We're not going to share what Kimber's smelling right now. Um, I yeah, can I can smell, smell my hair. My I shampoo. saw you do that, Seychelle. Yep, I can smell my yep. shampoo. Yep. Um, oh, I can smell the toast that was made. Nick made toast earlier. I can smell the bread from the toast. 
Okay, last one, right? What's one thing you can taste? I have my drink right here. Mm, okay. There's some water. Our tea, water, right, okay. All right, so I don't know about you all, but when I had to go through that level of five different senses and counting down the things that I was doing, I really couldn't think about the stress that I had when I noticed where my like what my body was feeling with the first part. Like I that knot didn't stay with me in my chest the whole rest of those five senses. How about y'all? And mine's gone now. Yeah. In my lower back. Yeah, mine's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's gone. So how crazy that's is really that? interesting. That's crazy. So when you're grounding, literally, I loved your visual of the two of you with your feet on the floor. Um, you're literally grounding through your five senses to release the body pressure or to release that that feeling of that fight or flight that you might be feeling if your prefrontal cortex is not engaged yet. So that's what grounding is. And grounding is going through your five senses to see what you observe, feel, smell, touch, and hear um, to help you be able to alleviate some of that stress, to get back into engaged and being present in the moment. Because yes. when you're also present, you you understand if it's a threat or not, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Like you get mm-hmm. that text that says we need to talk. You breathe uh-huh. to get your brain engaged. And then you become aware of the moment in time where you are and you mm-hmm. realize, oh, there is no threat here. Yeah. Your, you know, your brain says yes. you're safe. Now you can deal with whatever. I love that. Needs to yes. happen. And that goes into three, right? So you've, mm-hmm. you breathe, like you kind of re- reconnect in you ground, and then you have an opportunity to respond in number three, right? You're now coming back into the present, the text message, the response you're going to get, addressing mm-hmm. the issue, handling the problem. Because so much of what we're doing, right, These the bear is not chasing you up the tree, right? It, mm-hmm. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. So now you get to actually, your prefrontal cortex is back engaged, and you're back online, and you're able to really pull the lid back down and make the decision, like you are now back in control. You're now driving the bus and you're able to really make a good decision about whatever the problem, whatever that perceived threat was that sort of had you completely flooded. What I think is also interesting as leaders is that's like beautiful. We just described it's absolutely beautiful. And in a perfect world, that's what we get to do. We get to do all these things. Mm -hmm. But the Mm -hmm. reality is like, we actually do a lot of compartmentalizing. We do a lot of compartmentalizing. That means we can't actually do all those things. Something has Mm -hmm. actually triggered you, but you still have to use the best of what you Mm -hmm. have in that moment to respond. And you're going to put whatever's triggered you to the side and you're going to move on. You just got a crazy call. Something's happening at home, but you're getting ready to walk into a meeting with your entire team. You've got a hundred people sitting in there waiting for you. You don't don't have actually a minute to do all of these things. And so you're mm-hmm. going to compartmentalize the thing that is creating the threat and you're going to be able to move on. And we do that all day long. I think the challenge that we don't often do as leaders is go back and revisit. Like, right, mm-hmm. if you think about these as like little chest all over, like little, little like war chest. And so you put it in the box and you and you put the lid on really tight. And a lot of times we just want to stack the lid in and we mm-hmm. haven't actually gone back and popped the lid out and revisited what's there. Like, think about it like you shook up a Coke bottle. Like, it, it's going to come out. And you want to yeah. be able to come out in a way that you can manage it through the, the time and space to be able to do it. But the reality is that you got to go back and revisit what you've compartmentalized to work through that place where you're in control of being able to make the decision. Yeah, I think that that's a, often a, a thing as leaders when we have to compartmentalize, which isn't as often as I do. 
Like, mm-hmm. if I'm being totally honest, this whole, I have to compartmentalize this, it really is very rare that I do need to do that. Um, because this only takes, breathing takes 30 seconds. Grounding yeah. takes a minute. Like, mm-hmm. you really can do that through most of this stuff. However, you know, there are those moments where you have to just put a lid on it, but you've got to commit to coming back to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Something it makes me think about too, to give yourself just a quick breathing space that I don't do that I, I really should is, is when somebody brings something to you that's a pop of a surprise, which can happen, um, or a, hey, do you got a minute kind of a text or a, a, they show up at your office door, right? Can I talk to you for a second? Um and you know you're getting ready to have something really stressful of a conversation or somebody like just vomits, you know, whatever their stress is at you, is to to kind of actually use your, whatever your whole, what you can see as sense, right? And hold as an opportunity to say, yes, I would love to talk with you about this. Um, let me go refill my drink really quick and I'll be right back. Or let me run to the restroom really quick and I'll be right back. And that would actually buy you a minute to three minutes of grounding, like breathing, like to choose how you want to respond, to give you a couple seconds to do that. And I I don't do that enough, but it makes me think that's that's a really easy trick I could do fast um, that would allow me that time to then go through a couple of those exercises to choose how I want to respond to something. Yeah. Well, and Seychelle, we've talked about this before. Like you and I are very fast processors. Uh-huh. And so I've always thought, well, I know what to do. Like, I know how to respond because I've already Mm -hmm. processed this so quickly. Uh But the reality is, physiologically, you're still under stress. You're still, you have your prefrontal cortex offline. You're still flipped. Mm -hmm. And so a rule that I've created for myself is I can't respond Mm. immediately to something like that. Like, Like I get that text. Yes. Mm -hmm. I say, all right, I have to wait five minutes to respond to any of this. Ooh, I love that. And it it has saved me. Mm-hmm. from flipping somebody else's lid. Like yes. they flipped my lid. And so the way I respond does that to them. Mm-hmm. Well, and and just so you know, when Tiffany says that we both like process quickly, what, what she's saying, and we, I think we both have this in our top five strengths finders, is oftentimes when you have strategic and activator, if you've ever taken the Gallup strengths finders assessment, if you have those two in your top five, it's very common for you to process information up to 33 times faster than most humans do. And what I don't want to get confused with that is, is that we're highly reactive. I don't know that you or I are both incredibly reactive people, but we receive information very quickly um, and process it really quickly. So sometimes to people, we actually look like we're highly reactional, but what actually is happening is we have processed it so quickly that what's coming back out has been very, very fast in the process loop from a logic standpoint. And when we explain that to our admin team, like when Anna Kruger did our um, strengths finders, our whole admin team goes, oh my gosh, I thought Seychelles was shooting from the hip all the time. You mean to tell me that she actually, like all of this is logic? I was like, hello. Like it really validated me as a human. But um, I do think if you are someone that does that, making sure then that when you are responding and take, I love that five minutes because it's giving giving that time not to flip somebody else's lid if you happen to be a high speed processor. Um, so that's great. That's I needed to hear that today. Thank you for that. That's awesome. That's a great tip. Yeah. So true. And I think it, it's sort of a head-heart connection too. Like mm-hmm. the processing in that 
that this exercise allows us to go through when you breathe and you ground, sometimes you might be processing something quickly. Like I'm a, I'm a crisis responder. Like mm-hmm. I'm trained that way. That's my world before this. So like I, I can jump into something and be completely detached emotionally at the heart level from what's actually happening. And what I love about this process is it actually does allow you, when you think about going back and unpacking yeah. with the compartments, a lot of that's about the heart processing, right? Because you're, you now have the skills to sort of allow your brain to realize, hey, I didn't have to avoid that or put it in the compartment because I didn't want to feel the hard feeling that came with it, right? Because then you could actually say like, okay, I can acknowledge it. I can process it. And I think that actually allows us to even deepen our level of engagement, connection, Mm -hmm. decision-making. Yeah. Well, one of the, like how this all started for me was actually, um, it, it wasn't applying to myself. I've, I've, I've applied all the knowledge to myself, but it was actually taught to me by a coach um, because I was having trouble because none of my people were really improving. And Mm. he taught me this. He taught me the hand thing and all of that because just like we're talking about your lid being flipped, all of the people in your world have the prefrontal cortex, the amygdala, all these same instincts that happen to them. So, um, you know, in in that story, like, I can be pretty intense, I communicate pretty directly. Um, And so my coach helped me see that I was basically flipping everybody's lid and they couldn't improve because they couldn't think. They were surviving. Like when they were interacting with me, it was, I I shut off their survival mode because of how I communicated with them. So I don't necessarily tell people, okay, I need you to breathe. Okay, I need you to ground. Like I just recognize what do I need to do to keep their prefrontal cortex engaged? How do I need to change how I communicate with them so that they do not feel a threat from me? Because in the end, it isn't a threat, but it's a perceived threat to them. And so, you know, things like compliments. I don't need compliments, and so I don't give them out very, mm. very well or very naturally. And I've learned now that I can find something to, like— Everybody deals better when they get a compliment. Like, Mm. you can keep people feeling safe with compliments. And so, like, that's something that I've instituted. No matter what a complete mess I am walking into, I now find something where I'm like, you know, they've screwed everything up. And I'm like, well— I'm glad that we're you're bringing me into it at this moment. You know, great job bringing me in at this like start with something and then they are not triggered and they can hear what I say. They can learn and improve. So I've seen that um with my people to either keep their fingers down and their prefrontal cortex engaged or even recognizing when I have triggered them and giving them the time that I don't need but that they need to calm down. To to your point, Seychelle, like, I'm going to go get water really quickly to just leave them to, even if they don't know to breathe and to ground, it still gives them a moment to hopefully calm down when I've unintentionally flipped somebody's lid. Well, I love that. And I think too, um, Tiff, you said it, right? Like, you're not going to say like, sometimes with our kids, we'll say, take a deep breath. Like, we can just like directively, like, take a deep breath. Your team, that can actually sound pretty condescending. I need you to breathe right now, right? So I think this idea of even the vulnerability, I just need a minute to breathe. I'm just going to take a minute, take a deep breath, like, just to help me 
bring back this conversation. Sometimes when we go inward with the the vulnerability of what we need, then it, you're creating a model as opposed to like maybe recognizing that they probably need that too. But us just telling them that that's what they need is actually further triggers, right? Further flips the lid because it's it, it's not creating safe. It's like, oh God, here's Tiffany who figured it all out and telling me exactly what to do versus just owning, I'm going to, I'm going to just do a quick walk, go to the bathroom, get a drink of water, take a deep breath, and I'll be right back. Then what they choose to do with those three minutes is theirs, but you've kind of modeled what it could look like. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, okay, so the most encouraging part of of everything that I've learned with the vagal nerve, vagal, vagal, I just feel vagal, like- Vagal, vagal. Vagal and vagal. Autocorrect, yes. autocorrect, <laughs> got it. The vagal nerve um, is you can tone your vagal nerve. Like what? you can, I know you can teach it to calm you faster. The more mm. that you activate your vagal nerve, the more you, it calms you. So um, it will help you quickly move from stress to your normal psychological state with the prefrontal cortex engaged. It, it um, that teaches your body that just because something feels intense, it doesn't necessarily equate to bad. Because that's the one thing, like we cannot live a stress-free life in any, no one on this planet can live a stress-free life. What we want to learn is how to recover more quickly from the stress and understand when there's a real threat and when there's only a perceived threat. Yeah. Well, I love that. And there's some, there are actually some practices. Research has shown us that there's some practices that can help you improve and tone this vagal nerve, right? So, and one of them you guys might be familiar with, if you're in sales, you've probably done some of these sales skills, right? To remove some of, to bring down some of the anxiety when you're getting ready to go into a different appointment. We talked about changing state. So really shaking any part of the body that's feeling tense or needs additional activation. You feel this, right? Like, so it's what we tell people, like, get up, everybody get up, everybody move around. You may be going into something, you'll see people like do a big clap. Like people have different motions that they do right before they ever always go into a listing appointment. Just it not only I think creates the calm, but also reinforces the confidence that you're safe. You've got this, you know what you're doing. So those are sort of right. A physical way that you could do it. You also yoga and meditation. We've, we're going to talk a little bit, some of our experiences with that, but really creating space to actually go inward and to actually check in, scan the body. What are you feeling? And having some practices that can help you, whether that's through guided or through your own meditation journey. Humming and singing, which I thought was fun, right? Just like things that, again, are taking you out of this head and sort of allowing your body to come back in to a place where you can make really good decisions. Say, Have you guys seen um, the Spider-Man movie? Not the one that's about to come out, but the one right before that? Um, no. if you yes. haven't, it's the Mar it's the latest Marvel one. It's so, so good. You have to go see it. Um, and the, the younger Spider-Man that they've introduced gets, I'm not ruining anything because this is like the very beginning, but he gets stuck to a, like with a spidey, you know, it's like spider webby situation. He gets stuck to one of the light fixtures in a place they're breaking into. And it's like this huge light fixture and he's swinging up there and he can't release. Like he hasn't learned how to release the stickiness yet. And he talks to the other Spider-Man and he's like, how do I get rid of this? How do I get rid of this? And he's like, I don't know. What do you do to relieve stress? And all of a sudden he starts going like, doo, 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 doo. like he starts singing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like he's like singing and they're like in this like really stressful moment. And so he's like, oh my gosh, are you, are you literally having to do this right now? And he's literally like singing this whole song to like, and it starts unpeeling him bit by bit. But it makes me think about that, right? That's how That's he literally, science. if Spider-Man can do it, you can do it too. So. Well, 
I think of I think of kids like before yeah. your inhibition, before you have inhibition and social awareness. Think yeah. of how often kids use singing to calm uh, themselves. I mean, yes, I have vivid yes. memories in elementary oh, yeah. school when I was like stressed, walking between classes, like humming or singing to myself uh-huh. because yeah. That's mm-hmm. just a release. I didn't know it was mm-hmm. science. That's so cool. Yeah. That I love is it. extremely cool. Well, for our divers, right? There's the diver's response, being able to splash cold water on your face, hold your breath, like, right? Like really, you could actually do different things that sort of create that both shock factor, but also allow mm-hmm. you to kind of come back in. And then we talked about at the beginning, being really focused in your breathing. We've all heard of box mm-hmm. breathing, right? Belly breathing, really taking some minutes to, to really connect mm-hmm like with that vagal nerve and bring it back and say, you have like a breathing alarm, right? Like you have Tell us about have that. that. I have a breathing yeah. alarm. I do like this. The last couple of years were just like so off the wall. And I was in just such like, like probably not prefrontal cortex, like for a lot of the last couple of years that it, I needed like actual reminders to ground myself or to like come back into reality. And so I like, no joke y'all, like seven times a day, I had an alarm going off on my phone that was a breathing alarm that literally would go off. And I'd be like, okay, I need to, whatever I'm doing, I need to stop whatever I'm doing. It doesn't matter what it is. And just take some deep breaths and like, just kind of chill it back out. And if you're, if you're in a mode in your life right now where it is just really stressful all the time to you and you feel like you're just having trouble wrapping around it, I'll tell you, that was an easy hack that, really helped me be able to stay focused and get back engaged with my prefrontal for you know prefrontal cortex and think more clearly about situations because I wasn't in fight or flight the entire time um, so it just helped me ground so yeah you I mean you know hey whatever works right <laughs> oh for sure meditation was huge for mm-hmm. me I um I didn't think I could meditate like I didn't think that that was a thing that I could do because I I don't have a calm brain. Like that's not an easy thing for me. Um, And it's interesting, the most valuable part of uh, learning to meditate, which I started with an app called Calm, highly recommend, um, because it, it actually has to do with the loving kindness that you give yourself in meditation. So it's basically the point of meditation or or what I've taken away from meditation is not, can you clear your brain for five minutes? Like, can you control your thoughts and bring yourself to the present and not think about anything, but you know, you're breathing for five minutes. That's not actually it. The value for me was when I found myself thinking about something else, her prompts would be like, now I bet you're thinking about something else. So with just don't, beat yourself up and with loving kindness, come back to your breathing. And it made me realize how much my inner dialogue was like, oh, you loser, you've done it again. You failed at meditation. Like you cannot do this. And just learning to have loving kindness to myself in my brain has helped me a ton. So yes, it's helped me focus. I couldn't stop I couldn't, that's that five minute tip that I gave you before meditating, there was zero chance that I could have done that because I would have said my impulse and instinct is too strong and I know that I've processed it. And so I know that I can respond quickly to things. But now I've learned I can give it a beat. And when I don't give it a beat and I screw up whatever that thing was and I respond incorrectly, I don't have to beat myself up. With loving kindness, I come back and say, well, that's not what I'm going to do next time. And that calms me. I love that. I love that. 
I've really focused on environment, right? Like, I don't know how many of you guys, you sleep with your phone. It's the last thing you look at before you go to bed. It's the first thing you look at before you wake up. And so you're inviting in the fight or flight because how many of us, like you open your phone, you check your email and oh my God, there's a problem. Something has happened. A client's upset. Somebody's like, something's going on in the world. Or maybe you're not looking at the phone, you're looking at the news, right? Which like, and so I found that just by protecting the brain space in the beginning of the morning, not looking at my phone, which is, again, I give myself a lot of grace. I don't do it ever, like, but I work hard to not open an email or an app or a social media before 7 a.m., which means I get to get up. I get to have a gratitude practice. I get to work out. Like, I get to do the things that allow me to connect, to ground before you invite in the things. We're not going to not have stress. These are strategies to overcome them. So for me, that was like a hack, a morning hack that just allowed me to to have a sense of that calm before the day and the whirlwind was going to just take off, which we're going to then require all sort all of these strategies to to continue to go forward. Love that. All right, anything else? It's been life changing for either of you. What what have been um, your big takeaways? Say, knowing your brain and bodies are connected like that. Uh, well, I love that. Make sure I was just going to share. We do have an episode on your morning routine. Um, that's a good one that if you haven't listened to that, it's a great one. And I will put in the show notes, the episode, so you can go find it. Um, that is around protecting, like Kimber said, protecting your space in the morning and, uh, setting yourself up for success in the day. Um, I think for me, there's two things. I think number one is being aware that how I handle stress could be very different from how somebody else handles it and how I process it. I need to be aware that somebody else, even though logically I get that, I think just on like a, a basic human level, I could be even more aware of being like gracious and mindful that I need to give people a hot minute to to process when we're in the middle of stress. Because I tend to, like you said, Tiffany, just push through it. So that for me, I think is a really big one um, that I need to be doing. Yeah. And the power of just breathing. It seems so simple, but yes. like- just that the vagal nerve. Hello, like the vagal nerve. We're we're friends yes. now. So <laughs> yes. Well, and it's it's not airy fairy. That that to no. me is like yeah. the biggest thing of learning this. It's not just like oh, a calm breath should calm you down. You know, like if you can center yourself, then the breathing. No, there's like science. Your belly is pushing yeah. against your stomach, against your spine, against this nerve that goes to your brain. Like we are such connected people, and recognizing that is helping me a ton. Um, so I am so glad to have gone on this journey with you ladies about our brains, um, knowing that we are going to try to uh, get our vagal ner ner nerve toned so that when we interact with stress, because we know we're going to have stress, we know our lids are going to get flipped. Prefrontal cortex is going to come offline. We have strategies now to calm yourself. So favorite this episode, share it with a friend because these are really practical, tactical things that you won't remember the first time or the second time or the third time. And so this will be one you want to listen to again and again as this becomes more normal for you. Um, so yeah, I cannot wait. Give us That's comments awesome. about how this. you see this in your life too. I yeah. love it, Tiffany. This is amazing. Will you all go out there and build your big business and most importantly, your even bigger life. And now you have some great stress tools to use in your tool belt tool. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.